Fearless. Welcome back to another episode of Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser, and this week, my guest is Kara. She is the CEO and co-founder of two companies. The first one is the content company, and the second one is She's the Owner. She's the Owner is her newest passion and one that aims to help women to rediscover their feminine energy and still kick ass in business. Her podcast and content focuses on having real conversations around feeling unbalanced in our feminine energy and how to create more balance along the way. Growing up in a house with alcoholic and abusive parents, Kara learned early on how to be the masculine energy and has spent many years suffering because of not knowing how to balance. Kara is also a mother of four incredible young women, two of which are also entrepreneurs, one who works with children as her passion and a little one looks like she's going to follow in her parents' footsteps as a business owner. She co-owns her first company with her husband, Ken, and she is an active member of the Tony Robbins community, is on a mission to send a thousand women to unleash the power within event. Everybody, please welcome Kara. Thank you. Thank you. It's amazing to be here. Thank you so much. So first of all, I met Kara at Date with Destiny. She sat behind me and my husband and I was just like, this girl, I love her. <laughs> Quite an event. Oh yeah. Can you believe it? It's like, we can't even go to events anymore, but I didn't know it was going to be our last one. But I remember when you said my mission is to send a thousand women to unleash the power within. And I was like, that is such an amazing mission because I feel like everyone who is everyone needs to go to a Tony Robbins event. <laughs> I totally, totally agree. So tell us about your fearless female journey. So when I was writing my bio for you, I was, I started to think back to where I kind of, where things began. And I, and I did listen to a few of your podcast episodes. So first I want to say you're an incredible interviewer and it's a skill that not a lot of people have. And when I listen to podcasts, it, it's often people talking over each other and there, there's no real direction, but you, you're very gifted in it. So I just wanted to applaud you for that. I, I really, really enjoyed listening to the, the episodes that I caught. So thank you for that. Thank you, Cara. You're welcome. <laughs> so I think when, I, when I'm looking back and, and I, I made a, a few notes, like one of the things that women, I think nowadays that we forget about is where we come from. And where I came from was, like I said, alcoholic parents. There was physical abuse in the family. And early on, I learned that if I didn't get shit done, shit wasn't going to get done, right? So my parents were both alcoholics. My, my parents were physically abusive toward me. And around, I guess, 14, 15, I started to show, I guess you'd say symptoms to the teacher. And it, I didn't, it didn't present itself in misbehaving or any of those things. It was just, I got quiet. And one day I came to school and I had been in a fight with my parents the night before and my dad had hit me and she came in and she saw that I was visibly upset and she said, what's going on? And I kind of, and I, and I went to a prestigious private school in Winnipeg, Manitoba, which is, there's only two in, in that city. And that was one of them. So things like this weren't really talked about. And I had a mark on my back. And for some reason, I don't know why that day I decided to show it to her. Like I said, oh, you know, my dad and I got into a fight and here's what happened. And literally from that moment on, I didn't go home. That was it. Well, because as a child, you don't understand, especially if you grew up in that kind of environment, you think this is normal and everybody else does this. And so showing your mark, which is probably one of many, you didn't expect that to be the outcome. No. And like at 15, you're already kind of feisty. You're getting your period. All those things are happening. So you kind of, you don't, you do, you sort of mix it up with, well, maybe I deserve it. Maybe I'm blah, 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 all these things. And so child and family services took me from school that day. And here's the crazy part about it is that when, when it happened, I wasn't thinking 
oh good, I'm out of there because I love my parents. Like that's the that's the sort of crazy part about living in an abusive environment is that you don't the love doesn't isn't gone. It's just you're there's more fear and there's all these other things. But I felt so sad for them that day not knowing where I was. Like, especially as a mother of four now, when I look back, I'm thinking, holy crap, like how scared must they have been to just get a phone call saying, you know, child and family took their kid and that's it. So you didn't think for one second, like now they're going to be more mad at me because I told? Not at all. Because the weird part is I always knew my parents weren't like they were just broken and sad. And I never, and and it wasn't, my dad never looked for me to smack around. It was his way of communicating. Right. So it wasn't like he'd be pissed off about something else and come and find me to hit. It would be like we'd be in a confrontation or in a conversation or anything and he'd hit instead of talking, you know. And so I just felt sadness for them. And like a lot of crazy things happened in in those few years before that, even my mom had kidnapped my brother and I in the middle of the night when I was, I think, about 13 or 14, 14 and a half, I guess. Just before I was going to start that that private school, it was like the day before all my girlfriends and I were going to this, you know, grade 10 as our first high school year. And my mom took my brother and I and took us on a bus from Winnipeg to Toronto here. Didn't tell my dad. And did she tell you she was kidnapping you or was she like, we're going on vacation? No, it was so, no, like it was so odd because when you're in that sort of abuse, you just kind of go along. Like you don't, all I kept thinking is, oh my God, I can't see my girlfriends. Like they were supposed to come and see me before I left and they didn't. And then she left my dad a note. And then that was the other heartbreak for me was like, imagine my dad coming home and his whole family is just pissed off and gone. And those are, those are some of the things that I didn't process at the time. And I don't even know if I have yet. Like even when I'm telling this story, I'm feeling emotional about it because he was, he was just a sad, screwed up man. And now his kids and wife are gone. It's like that I had to kill him. But we came back and I, then again, I, you know, all that stuff happened. I got taken from school and I got put in like student housing, essentially. Well, group home first. I've been, I went to group home first. And eventually they thought, oh, she's really mature. Kara can handle anything. Let's put her in an apartment by herself. How old were you? 16. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) That's a little bit young to be having your own apartment. Right. And it was, and it was in Winnipeg there, you know, there's some very distinct bad areas of Winnipeg. And I was put in literally the center of the drug, like the entire drug area of Winnipeg. That's where I was. And I didn't know any better. I grew up in a, you know, middle class. I didn't, I had no idea. And so I went to high school and eventually I started working. I was a nanny because I'm a caretaker, of course. And that's just where I ended up. I didn't go to university or anything like that. I just worked my way up. And I started seeing that I was an entrepreneur and that I could, I mean, I can, I can get a job, but I will not stick at it because I'm an entrepreneur and that's the end of it. And, you know, eventually I, I, like I nannied, I worked at a few different places and then I got pregnant when I was 20. What's crazy is that this whole story could have gone a whole different direction. I'm surprised you didn't get into any drugs. I was too scared. So the, it's really cute. Like my mom, she was a nurse and uh, both my parents have passed away since. And my mom scared the shit out of my brother and I around drugs. So she did, I mean, my mom did a beautiful job and I'll, t- I'll talk a bit more about that later, just sort of like the evolution of how I look at this past. But she scared me. So I was always very like, there's no way I'm doing it. No, nope. <laughs> she goes, one time you could do it and it'll mix with the chemicals in your, in your brain and you're done. And I'm like, okay, that's good enough for me. I'm not even going to bother. That's fine. Absolutely. So now you're 20 and you're pregnant. Yep. And I was engaged to my then boyfriend and I really came into like, 
I'd nannied for about a year and a half with an incredibly beautiful family that I'm still very close to. And I started to see, I guess, that there's a different way to parent. There's a different way to be. And Sydney, who's my oldest daughter, her dad and I, obviously young, we lived together, we got engaged. And it was interesting now that I'm looking back at it, I was trying to be in my masculine energy with him. And so was he. And so it was really volatile. And very verbally abusive to one another, very chaotic. It was like, it was, there was nothing super positive. We were young and neither one of us knew what we were doing. And so eventually that ended. And Sydney was one when I, when I left him and moved out. Well, explain the masculine energy for everyone who is listening, because a lot of women don't understand this. We learned this at Date with Destiny, which was really eye-opening for me because it made me realize I was living in the masculine energy for a very long time. And even now with my relationship with my husband, I feel like I do take on a lot of masculine stuff because of my upbringing as well. So explain that a little bit. So for me, what masculine energy looks like, there's sort of two things. The first thing I would say is, and for me, it was the negative was very controlling. I needed to know exactly what was going on, when it was going on, how it was going on, how long it was going to go on. I needed to know everything about the situation. And the, the problem, and, and I would consider that immature masculine energy. And, and just so everybody knows, we, ha- we both have, we have each. So there's not just, it's not a male or a, a female thing. It's an energy thing. And so it's important. Like if you come from a, an abusive background, if you're not in charge, which is the masculine energy, the hunter energy, then bad things can happen. Like in my household, my mom would get drunk and she would take medication and eventually she would start to threaten suicide. And knowing like knowing all the things that I've learned in the last five years with Tony, she was searching for significance from my father. And the way she was getting that was by pretending to kill herself because that's when he would activate. He would go in his masculine and take care of shit. But and it was, that's what it took for my dad to go in his masculine. And so I witnessed that at like, even I can remember even at 10 years old, we would, my mom would start her thing and my brother and I would go and grab the knives because that was one of the things she would go after and we would hide the knife drawer. And like, so that was my mode always, like all the way into relationships. And it was exhausting. Like now I'm looking back and I'm, of course, none of those things worked out. And so when I was in this relationship with my, with my ex, he was trying to be in his alpha immature alpha he was 20 like he didn't know shit either and I'm trying to be in my alpha and like there's only room for one alpha but masculine energy to me now what it looks like is is a beautiful man who's connected who who can sit with you and hold space for you make you feel safe and make you feel like I don't have to take everything on all the time and it's so foreign for women like us and then women business owners like us and and I like back to she's the owner that's that's my mission is to teach women like you and I and other others, how to recognize that they're in their masculine and real talk, men don't respond well to women who are in their masculine. Like that's it. No, they don't. It's almost repelling. (laughs) It is. It is totally. And like, it's funny because I'm 44. So I, I come from like, when you, when I grew up in the eighties, you see a lot of this, like, that's where I think a lot of the stereotypical stuff happened where women were like Angela Bowers of the world and we were the bosses and, you know, we ran everything and controlled everything. But where we lost was that there's no time to take that hat off and just be 
a woman and be comfortable in your feminine and let the man do some stuff. Like you don't have to do it all. We don't have to do it all, but that when women come from abusive relationships or abusive backgrounds or an abusive childhood, you teach yourself, okay, well, they're not doing it. So I have to take care of it. I have to be the one in the responsible chair. And, you know, I think that's the reason why I went into the masculine energy a lot was because, you know, I got kicked out of my house at a very young age, not that young, but 17, close, you know, I still like 17 and 18. I look at my stepson, he's like 17. He doesn't even know like what to do with himself. You know, like he can't even pop popcorn in the microwave. And I'm just like, here I am in my own apartment. And now I have to take care of the bills and like make sure that my car payments paid and, and like all these things that I had to all of a sudden be responsible for and I was on my own. And so then I, I had that masculine energy throughout my whole entire life. And every guy I dated, I took over. I was like, I'm going to pay the bills. I'm going to make sure that this is taken care of. And it's almost like they just, they like it at first, but then after a while they think you're, you have too much control and you're controlling and you're the, it's like, but I'm making the ship float, you know, <laughs> like, like otherwise the ship's not going to float. And that's how I always felt. Even to this day, I have a hard time allowing my husband to drive the car because I need to be in control. I feel you. And it's like, I'll skip to where it's relevant in my life now. I met my husband 20 years ago and I had a kid and then he and I got together. And so he comes from an environment where he was taught to be in his feminine. His mom was in her masculine and his dad was in his feminine. And so that's how he learned. So you've got me in my masculine firmly with a single, with like single mom, with a kid paying her own bills, car payments, same thing. Good job. I meet this guy, I fall in love, but I'm navigating the shit out of the whole thing. And like year one and two, you're the captain now, <laughs> right? And year one and two, I'm exhausted. I'm like, why is this guy not doing anything? And that's what, what I hear a lot with my podcast and with my community is like, why can't the guy do this? Why can't the guy do that? But I just spent the last probably 18 years doing that and wondering why the hell he can't do what I, you know, why can't he make a decision? Why can't he? Why can't he? Well, because I'm trying to be the alpha dog. He has no space. He doesn't give a shit. He's given up. And it's hard to hear, but it starts with us. And not everything's going to work out perfectly with every person. But when I decided, even before Date with Destiny, to start exploring this feminine energy, I was like, okay. Because I started to bark at my kids, even though they're older, but I started to treat them like they were in my company. And I was like, that ain't cool. Like one's young, like one's only 10. I'm thinking, why am I like drill sergeant right now? And I had to take a step back and say, like, how am I showing up here? And I realized it was, I was in my masculine more than anything. And I felt like shit and I needed to change. And so I started this process of just, I always tell people, it's like taking the elevator from your head and down to your heart. You know, that's your heart always knows the answer. Always. And that's true. So what are some of the ways that you went into your feminine energy? So I've, I've been practicing a lot more diligently the last few weeks during coronavirus because so here's the truth here's the real real talk is I mean I can say all this stuff and I'm like great at it but then we all fall off the wagon because it's a hard habit to break right so as soon as the coronavirus stuff hit so in Canada we've been closed down since like March 12th that's when Amelia my youngest started her spring break yeah we were closed down March 13th Friday the 13th of all days okay wow right okay so you know and I, I would say within two weeks, I was, and I make, and hopefully this isn't super totally inappropriate on the show, but like I, I make jokes about leaving my proverbial penis in West Palm Beach. Like that's what I did. And I swift, 
Yeah. I love that proverbial penis. I swiftly picked it back up after two weeks of coronavirus quarantine. And what it looked like was it, it's still, and I'm telling you, I'm still struggling with it right now where I'm looking at him to, I don't even know. I don't even know what I'm looking for, but so I've had to really, really consciously think like daily, how am I going to get back into that flow? So for me, a really huge, there's a few things I do. One really critical one is the journaling. And I know we talk, we all talk in the Tony community and all the communities, all the self-help and personal development, but journaling for me is, it puts me, I, I plug in. So I'm listening to some really like music that's inspiring to me. There's a beat to it and I can really get into it, but I'm writing almost in the past tense. So if I'm trying to manifest something, I'm writing it as if it happened already, not like it's going to happen, but writing is huge to get me in my feminine. And then dancing, like dancing is so powerful for women. And I think we forget that. Like the other day I was just not feeling it. I had a moment where I was really upset because I'm frustrated. I want to get back to my life to normal. So, and I, and I'm an empath, so I tend to like carry a lot of it, but I just totally lost it and I was crying. And so that evening I was listening to a playlist that my friend had, she's actually one of um, Tony's team members. So she, she has a playlist and I was listening to it. And then I created, added to this feminine divine playlist that I have. And I danced like I was, I mean, I was doing lap dances for an imaginary nobody, like I went to town like for a solid 30 <laughs> minutes and in my room, I just shut the door and I went crazy dancing and I felt so beautiful and so sexy. And that's hard for me because right now my body isn't where I'd like it to be. And that's, you know, it's a story I'm telling myself that I can't feel feminine if I'm not exactly the size I want to be. And so music is like such a powerful, powerful thing. Every single day I listen to it in that capacity. And then this is another really, really basic thing that I know all all of us have heard, but baths, like big bubble baths with tons of candles, essential oils, like the works. And it just, it does work. Like Epsom salts is a huge thing. I mean, again, like being an empath, I really like to make sure that I'm cleaning my energy around me. And like, even if it's 20 minutes and I feel like I just walked into a spa, it does, it does recenter me, but slowing down is a big one. And, you know, not to go too deep into it, but if you're, if you're a woman and you're feeling like you're, you're starting to say to yourself, Oh, I'm, I am in my masculine. When you're talking to your spouse, like start to question, do I really need to say this to him right now? Like just asking yourself the question, do I really have to complain about that at this moment? And nine times out of 10, the answer is no. No, <laughs> it's because I do that when I'm like so pissed off that I walk by the kitchen and he hasn't done the dishes or he put his clothes in the hamper and I get so annoyed and I think, is it worth arguing about the clothes in the hamper or is it just going to take me two seconds to put it in myself, you know? Yep. And then letting them. And I think one of the other ways I, I feel in my most in my feminine is when I allow when I'm vulnerable, like those are, there's traits on she's the owner that we talk about and vulnerability and, and empathy. Those are when I'm vulnerable, when I allow myself and it's hard, like Paola, you know, it's like for women like us to just be vulnerable. That's tricky. Mm -hmm. It is. It took me a long time and a lot of therapy to allow myself to be vulnerable and be okay with it. And now I'm like completely vulnerable. I cry all the time and I just like, who cares? This is who I am. Like, <laughs> And it's a beautiful thing. And, but those, those are the, kind of my tricks on how I get myself into that zone where I can just slow down and, but it is work. Like, I think people have this idea all the time that it's, you go to a seminar, you go watch something online or you do a course and then you're like, good to go. But 
it's totally not like that at all. No, it's a constant, it's a constant battle, especially if you've always been the captain in your, you know, ship. And now all of a sudden you have to allow someone else to be the captain of your ship, especially for people who have been like single for a long time, or they've been a single mom for a long time. And now they're allowing a man to come into their life. It took me a long time. Like I've been on my own since I, you know, basically I had my first job when I was 14. And then I started being on my own at 17, 18. And I have been taking care of myself and running my own ship, my own apartments, every, my own businesses by myself. And then my husband comes in and he's like, you can quit your job and I'll take care of you. I I'm telling you, Cara, I went to therapy for a year every day, every week for a year because I couldn't understand that. Like, wait, what? You want to take care of me? Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, and and for a long time, I had like a an ongoing balance sheet in my head of how much money I owed him. And he was like, I'm like, we're going to get married. Like my money is your money. You don't have to pay me back. Like, let me take care of you, which was like, what? <laughs> I could not understand it. I could not understand. It. I had to allow him to be the man and allow myself to be the female energy. And don't get me wrong. I'm a feminist. I believe women need more of a voice. This is a reason why I started the Fearless Female Platform. But we have to have balance. We have to have a male and a female. And even like how Tony Robbins said it in At Date with Destiny, even in gay couples, there has to be a feminine and a masculine energy. It's just the way the balance is. Yep. And it's, and it's interesting because it's politically incorrect to, it's like when one of, uh, I don't know if you know her, but uh, Jill Martin, she's Scott, Scott and Jill, they're plots. And she said to me there, and it was beautiful. She's like, I love being wifey. And I'm like, I got to sit with that for a second. And I'm like, okay. And, and that's it. Like, that's technically, you know, there's a lot of young women who roll their eyes and we don't, you know, wifey, I don't want to do that. And here's, here's where I, I think, a lot of this stuff stems from is that in the you know 50s and 60s when when it was women were at home and we were that was our job was to to stay home etc men did take care of us they were in their mature masculine but not all of them i think a lot of them ruined it for us because they started to abuse that power and so women became you know objectified and abused and all these horrible things happened to a lot of women so we went way the other way. Like, we don't need a man. I can do this, you know, wearing the power suits, all of that stuff. And I remember Tony said, like, if you if you behave like you don't need us, we're like, why the F are we here then? And that's true. And it's it's not, I feel more powerful in my feminine than I ever did as a woman fully in her own, only in her masculine. And yeah, like, you know, again, full disclosure, like the, the marriage is a challenge right now because he doesn't know how to be in his masculine the way I envision it or the way I, and I, and I'm careful about expectations, et cetera, but he's still learning too, because for his entire, he's almost 50, he's never had to show up in his masculine. And so we're trying to figure that out. But like, I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm a woman who wouldn't be offended by a man who would say, I want to take care of you. I'd be like, exactly like you're like, what? I'm sorry, what? But it would feel once you let go of the story about what that actually means, it it would feel nice to have, you know, space in your mind to not have to friggin' do every little thing. Like I just, these, it's exhausting. It is. It's exhausting. And then you get frustrated and then you get angry and then you lash out and you lash out at all the people that love you and are just there for you. Like you said, you were lashing out at your daughter and you're like, wait, what is this? Why am I doing this? Why am I being a drill sergeant? And a lot of women don't sit back and think, am I being masculine right now or am I being feminine? And I loved how you said, 
you know, I turn on the music. Music is the way to sit us back in our seat and say, hey, especially if you're listening to like sensual and loving. And like you said, you were giving a lap dance to whoever. I do the same thing. Like I turn on the music in my kitchen and I just go to town and it makes me feel alive. First of all, you're moving your body. You're moving like the blood is going everywhere. And you're just like, you feel alive, you feel sensual, you feel sexual, you feel beautiful and sexy. And, and you're back to being a female, which is what we were created to be. So I I really love that. And, And we did that exercise at date with destiny, which For all of you guys who have listened, I mean, who've never been to a Tony Robbins event, there's like 5,000 people in this room and he turns down the lights and he turns on a song and he's like, all right, ladies, stand up and dance. And the songs are changing and it's like different types of music that just really brings you into the feminine energy and you're done with it. And you're just like, this is what it's supposed to feel like, you know? And even the men were asked like, okay, so what did you guys think? And they're like, yeah, we want them. We want these women because we repel them when we're being in the masculine energy. We do. We do repel them. Like I couldn't figure out why I kept dating all these losers or or why nobody thought of me as a a wife material, you know, because they were like, why would I need a wife up? She doesn't need saving. She doesn't need me. She doesn't need me to take care of her. She could take care of herself. Like I had an ex-boyfriend who hated the fact that I went from making $42,000 a year to $60,000 a year. And he was still making 13 bucks. Like to him, it was just like, well, you don't need me. Well, what do you need me for? And it's just like, honestly, I really don't need you. (laughs) And then, and then you're single forever. And you're like, wait a minute, Ken and I broke up from 2016 until January of this year. And it was like in the summertime. And this is, this is the other week. So I I started barking at my kids a little bit, not barking, but like, you know, treating them like their business colleagues. And then I was thinking like, holy shit, I've been single for like three years. What the heck is going on here? And I started thinking like, same thing on paper. It looks pretty good. I'm, you know, I'm intelligent. I've got a company that's doing pretty good. Like what the heck? And then I started thinking, wait a second. I know what it is. I'm showing up like a man. So I'm not attracting good men to my life. And and that's that is probably one of the things that I'm most passionate about talking to younger like 30 something year old women because there's a ton of them who are single right now and this is the narrative. There are no good men left. All the good men are taken. Men can't handle powerful women. Men can't handle smart women. Like this is what they're saying and they're they couldn't be more wrong. It's they're 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 too far in their masculine. And again, like I'm not suggesting cuz we both own businesses like you can do everything and you can still do it and come home to your partner and be in your feminine energy and let him take the reins and have an incredible life. But it's it really starts with us and us looking really honestly inside and saying like, if I tell him enough times I don't need him, he's not going to stick around or he's not even going to come up to me. And it's and it's sad, but that is the truth. And I mean, like, really, that's my mission is to to change because for 20 years, I suffered with this idea that like, what's wrong with me? Why can't you know, I just needed to chill. And I always say, like, one of the ways that you if you're in a relationship is just stop talking, let them talk, let them be your hero. 
Let yeah. them fix the light. Yes, I know you can fix the light, but let him do it. Yeah. And also compliment them. I feel like a lot of us do not, like I spend a lot of time complimenting my husband when he does something good or, you know, and it really means a lot to him because his ex-wife never said, hey, you're doing a really good job or, hey, thank you for doing that. Or, you know, it's like, we don't compliment them. We don't give them, we don't boost their ego, which is a lot of men are driven by their ego. And if we're not like massaging their ego, not trying to like be completely, you know, misogynistic here, but we do have to, we have to like show them, Hey, we are females. We need you just like they need us. It's like a balance. We need each other in order for everything to work. But if you're completely taking full reins in the house and you're not giving them any kind of control, then it's completely unbalanced. And that's most of the time why people end up divorced. Yep. Agreed, totally. And I think I want to bring up too another thought that just came up was mothers of, of daughters. So I have four. So one is a stepchild, she's 33, and then 23, 19, and 10, all girls. And when I was a single mom and I was coming up and I was, you know, raising a baby by myself for the most part, I'm still raising her in the masculine. So after Date with Destiny, it's interesting. I came home and I said to all four of them, I said, mom's really sorry. And they're like, what for? And I'm like, well, I've totally taught you the wrong thing. And especially Sydney, who's my, my biological oldest one, because it was just her and I for a while. I always call us the OGs. But <laughs> she said, but you've taught us to be strong women. And I said, no, I completely, like, I, I trust me, I got it wrong. And what do you mean? And I said, I've told you to be like men. And when you know that all three of the older ones are having, they've struggled in their relationships because they are all in their masculine. And so ladies, you know, if you think you're, you're doing right. And I did, I thought I was doing right by my kids. You know, you don't need a man to pay your rent. You don't need all this stuff. And you don't need a man for those type of things. I understand. Like, I get it. I did it myself too. But what that teaches them and what I taught them was that they don't need a man. End of the sentence. And so they go around treating the men like they don't need the men or making decisions that are just, you know, cutting their testicles off and saying things that, and then they wonder, well, why, how come this guy doesn't show up? Well, because you took his power away. Even at 20, you took his power away. Even at 23, you're taking his power away. And so the conversation at home now is to my 19 year old, her, she still lives at home. I'll say, how are you showing up in your feminine for your boyfriend? And this kid is beautiful. Like she says, well, he, mom, I, I asked him to do this. And I said, beautiful. Did you tell him he did a good job? Yes. And I said, amazing. Like those little things are going to make their relationships last forever, maybe. But as a mom, I wasn't catching it. I was like, what are you talking about? I'm teaching them to be resilient. And, and, I, and I wasn't. And the strength that I'm, I mean, I could cry like my daughters, especially the oldest, the 33 year old, she, she's single. And she is leaning so deep into her feminine energy now. It is extraordinary to watch because she's come to realize in my masculine, I was lonely. In my feminine, I feel community. Isn't that incredible? Ooh, I love that. Yes. And I, I want to be clear though, like with the women that are listening to this podcast is we're not telling you to be completely like 1950s, like, oh, I can't do anything for myself. Like, I just want you to understand there's a balance to everything. So like how she said earlier, we went to the completely opposite side and completely went into the masculine. We're like, we don't need a man. We're not saying that. We're saying like, find the balance where you allow, like you said, hold space for him to be a man. And then also for women who are raising little men, allow them to be men and teach them how to be men and not just completely make them in the feminine energy, you know, because 
a lot of there's a lot of men growing up now with single moms who don't have a dad in their life. And, you know, I would personally, if I was a single mom and I would like allow them to hang out with their uncles or, you know, a cousin with that has, you know, a dad and just like put a man in their life so they know what a man is supposed to do and look like and how they're supposed to act. Obviously do your due diligence and make sure it's not some weirdo pervo. But like, you know, make sure that they have a strong male figure that they can look up to and they can emulate because if they don't have that, then they will always be in the feminine energy and then they'll have, you know, issues growing up. I think too, like letting them do things for you as mom, right? Like if let him take the garbage out and and praise him and say, thank you. You know, that was that you really helped me out by doing that. And like just giving them those little indications of when they do help and take care of the woman, the queen of the house, the queen of their life, whoever, that it's a beautiful thing and you really appreciate it and and resist the urge to criticize because really we both know that's how they go into their feminine is mom criticizing every little thing they're doing. Like even as adults, if he puts the dishes away and he puts it in the wrong cupboard, just put it in the right cupboard and thank him and say, next time, hun, you know, can you just, and I think that's, I, I love that you're bringing that up because the single moms can raise, I mean, some of the best men I know are raised by single mothers, but they, they, the ones that feel that sense of purpose in the family, I think that's mature masculine. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to witness when you see a man like that. Yeah, exactly. Well, as we wrap up this episode, what would you leave the women who are listening as your nugget of wisdom that you learned in your journey? So it's it's not totally related to like the personal side, but the business side, which is, I guess, all the same thing. But one of the things I've learned over time is that in business, especially, is if you follow your passion, the money will show up. And I talk to a lot of people about business. And part of the struggle, I think, in entrepreneurship is that people chase the money and chase this and that, but, and it, and it tends not to work out. And in life too, like if you, if you follow what you're passionate about, the money and the abundance and the, all the beautiful things that you want in life will just be attracted to you. And I think, you know, that that's one thing I live by all the time, like with, with this community that I'm building and with staying in touch with women like you, like wherever I feel that passion. And it also ignites my feminine divine when I'm in that zone and so I always say, you know, your body will know when you're resisting something, listen to it. Intuition is critical. Yeah. It's where the anxiety and the stress and the depression all lies when your body is resisting something. For sure. So yeah, that, that would be my, my nugget of uh, wisdom. <laughs> follow your passion and the money will follow. I love that. Honestly, like I have been following my passion with this and it's been incredible to see the results that I've been getting because I've been an entrepreneur all my life, but I've been working for someone else and making them money. So, <laughs> so now doing it for myself and like making money and sitting in my feminine energy. And like you said, it really has changed my life and it will change a lot of yours lives. If you guys are listening, if you really take into account what Kara said, and you will see some maximum results. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser. You can find the Fearless Female Movement on Facebook and you can find us on Instagram at Fearless Female Podcast. Where can my listeners find you, Cara? She's the owner on Instagram is your best bet. That's where all the content is and links to the podcast are there as well. So at she's the owner is where you can find me. And that's the name of your podcast? It is. Yep. And that's on uh, Spotify, iTunes, and Google. So once you're done listening to this episode, head over <laughs> to She's the Owner on a podcast. <laughs> All right, guys. Turn in next week for another episode. Goodbye. Goodbye.